Welcome to Keep the Game Beautiful podcast. Each week, I highlight incredible people who are doing amazing things in soccer, the beautiful game. I'm Anna Turi, your host. Thank you for listening. This past week, I had my first high school soccer meeting. It was a quick, short 15-minute meeting, but it was still so much fun to hear and learn about this upcoming season. It's going to be a hard season, but I'm excited for it. I really enjoyed learning about Coach Ochoa's story and why he fell in love with the game. He talked about being born into the game, and I think that's what I've seen with many of my guests. For me, myself, I wasn't born into the game, but I have known of the game, and I remember playing the game when I was younger. I also enjoyed talking about goalkeepers and the mental side of goalkeeping as well. Charlie was a goalkeeper and played collegiately, and we talk a little bit about what make may make a goalkeeper, air quotes, crazy. We also, of course, talk about Black Hawk College and starting up a brand new program and some of the difficulties and some of the advice he would give to other coaches starting up a new program. I hope you stick around and enjoy the episode. Today's guest is Charlie Ochoa. Charlie played at Scott Community College for two years. He then transferred to St. Ambrose University and played for one more year. He has much experience as a high school coach, but one of the main reasons I wanted to have him on today is to talk about Blackhawk College, and he just started up a new, a brand new soccer program this past year. So, Charlie, I'm wondering if you'd like to add anything else or talk about what got you to where you are today. Sure. No, first and foremost, thank you for having me on here. Um, <clears throat> hit it on the, on the nail there. Again, played some community college, played at Ambrose as well. Um, I've been coaching for a little bit over, what, 10 years at the high school level. Um, I've, I've been playing my whole life. I uh, grew up in California and then uh, was moved to, over to Muscatine where I played high school there as well. Um, and no, like I said, it's, it's, it's a new program here at Blackhawk. Uh, we're, we're still in the, in the process of putting all the, uh, all the pieces together, but, um, as far as players, I mean, I've, I've been so far on a roll to have about 17 committed players that are ready to go, um, that have already filled out paperwork as far as, uh, attend the school. So, um, yeah, it's been so far, it's been, it's been pretty good. On this podcast, I always start with the same three questions. First, what does the beautiful game mean to you? Oh, the beautiful game. I mean, it, it's one of those things where you, again, you, you're, you're almost born into playing it and then you fall in love with it. Uh, to me, the beautiful game is just a game of soccer, obviously, and enjoying every minute of it. And whether it's competitive or rec or just watching it, it's just sucking and absorbing all that, that power and, and energy you get from uh, the actual sport itself of soccer. So um, yeah, no, it's just, you know, the beautiful game. It, it's a perfect word to, sorry, it's a, a perfect phrase to name a sport that you fall in love for. Cause I, trust me, as, as old as I am and out of shape, I, I, I still enjoy playing it and I enjoy watching it even more, but it's something that, you know, you're, you're born into and for sure you kind of get used to doing it for the rest of your life, whether again, it's playing it or watching it. What are actions or things you do to keep the game beautiful? You know, it's one of those things where, again, it just depends on how you carry yourself on the field. Um, to make it what it is, you know, I, I enjoy it. I just, I just, I, I take it in as almost a, um, how do I say it? As it's a, 
it's a pleasure playing it. It's a pleasure enjoying it. So it's one of those things that, I mean, in life, it'll give back to you. And, you know, a good example is, is coaching. You know, I, I played it my whole life. I put in the work. I, I, I ran the laps. I ran the sprint. And now it's my turn to, to turn the tables on someone else and, and put the work and pass along the, uh, the lessons that I've learned from some of the coaches and players I've played with. How do you encourage others to keep the game beautiful? Um, I mean, sportsmanship is key. You know, you can be, and you can watch on TV some of these guys who are, you know, for example, the Ronaldo's and Messi's, you know, sportsmanship is where it's at. You, you can be the best player in the world and, and carry yourself in, in the worst way. But just the fact that you're respecting the game and, and being the sportsman that you are, I mean, that's, that's where it starts. Uh, again, passing along those lessons that I learned from other coaches and players that I've been around. Um, is, is is very important. So yeah, I would say key is sportsmanship more than anything else. Starting off from the beginning, can you talk about how you first really fell in love with the game? Sure. Yeah, no, uh, like I said, I, I grew up in California, uh, was where I, I started playing. Um, and it all started out with, uh, we would play at a, at a local school. I think I was maybe five or six. And I remember my older brother had his friends and they would all meet at the park and play. And uh, there was a, a, a coach for, um, I guess you'd say like a, like a club soccer team that was recruiting kids to come play. And, and that was the first time I had ever played on a team. Um, and that's where it all started. You know, we, it all started in, in the, just in the, in the backyard moving to the schools to play and got picked up to play for a club team randomly. I mean, I, as a kid, I enjoyed playing it. I don't, I won't toot my horn and say that I was good. I think he was just, at the right place at the right time where I was. Um, and that's just where it started. I mean, I think it was two years later, we moved uh, to Muscatine. Um, and again, we, all my family grew up playing it. My older brother, my cousins, my dad. And um, yeah, I, I joined Y soccer and played soccer at the Y. Uh, played a little bit of club soccer. And then that's just where it just took off. I mean, I, I was always kind of a bigger kid. So I, I played in goal and I enjoyed it. And uh, I fell in love with the fact that you can just run up and pick the ball up and be as defensive as you can and, you know, hit kids on the way and, you know, protect yourself more than anything else. But um, yeah, I think a lot of that came from just family. Uh, I mean, soccer runs in, in our family. Um, we always grew up playing with the older kids, which I think in my opinion is what kind of shaped me to be the player that I was. Um, so yeah, long story short, um, just being picked up from a random coach that wanted me to play on this team is where it all started. I've talked to many goalkeepers on the podcast and I always like to ask one question, what almost makes the goalkeeper like crazy air quotes, crazy or different from the rest of the team? Um, I would say just not having the fear, you know, I 50, 50 balls were one of my favorite. I, I used to love now that I'm older, I don't, but I used to love just, just to get down, get dirty, you know, jump up there. And there was times where you take out your own players, but it's, you know, obviously not on purpose, but just being, you know, just getting rid of that fear and just, you know, being yourself and uh, more than anything else, just enjoying the game and being able to have that, that vision from the back to, to see the whole field and yell at players and, and uh, almost kind of like checkers or chess, just moving the pieces where they need to be and, uh, making sure that they respect your voice more than anything else is, you know, you, you have the best view of the field from the back. So 
I would say just not having fear, not being afraid of the ball and just doing your thing more than anything else. Along with fear almost comes along with fear almost comes along the mental aspect of goalkeeping. How important is it to be mentally strong? Um, I mean, it, again, it goes back with um, just more of, of being focused, you know, you, you have the, um, you have the responsibility and being the only guy who can pick the ball up with his hands. So you have to be sharp as a knife when, when that comes and, and avoid little mistakes. But again, um, you're the only one on the field that can pick that ball up. So the fact that you have that responsibility, it does weigh a little bit of, of uh, weight on your shoulders, put some weight on your shoulders. But again, I, I, I enjoyed it. I thought I've, again, not having the fear of, of going after the ball and, and making those mistakes at times. I mean, it happens to everybody, but you take on a lot of responsibility as again, being the keeper and being the only person who can pick that ball up. When you coach, how can you coach players to be mentally strong and to take on responsibility like that? Sure. Um, I'll tell you something. Uh, when I first started coaching the high school level, um, my biggest, I wouldn't say it was hard to coach kids because again, I, I played the game long enough. I was very familiar with it uh, that I would say the hardest uh, thing or the hardest uh, skill that would it take to get these kids going is getting them to focus, getting these kids to be mentally prepared to go to battle for one each other. And um, I, I, I think if you talk to any high school coach, I, I would feel like that's one of the, I shouldn't say the hardest things, but one of the obstacles is, is you know, these kids have a lot going on on their everyday life. They go to school and you know, to just put that all the way and turn that off and be mentally prepared to play a, a game. I mean, I, I would say that's the hardest part. Um, so to me, you know, I, I don't like to be the cheesy coach that, you know, has the quotes written down and, and do all that. I just, you know, I, I just speak from the heart and speak from my mind and say, Hey, you know what? It's game time. We have, you know, 90 minutes to go hard and, and battle for each other. And, and the guy next to you is going to just go as hard as you are. So um, just getting them mentally prepared, you know, is, is, is hard in a way, but it, it can definitely be done with practice. And that comes with skill as well. With this being a whole a student athlete and having to do school as well, how do you encourage players to balance that? Sure. No, you know what? It, it's some, it's one of those things where I, I laugh about it sometimes. And I, I, I was telling a couple of kids, I'm like, you know what? I was like, high school is, it's difficult. You know, you, again, you're younger, you're, you got a lot of things going on. Um, but this is a, it's a privilege. You know, you, you have to get the grades, you have to be eligible to play the sport. So it, it balances out to the fact that, you know, you have to put the work in the classroom. Um, and me, you know, being a student athlete at one point, um, I took those lessons from my teachers in the classroom and I put them to work on the field as well. You know, I, I wanted to be part of the team. I wanted to be eligible. So I put the hard work, you know, whether that was, um, actually getting my stuff done in study hall instead of taking it home with me um you know just taking advantage of the time and and having being organized more than anything else um but just again I, I, it's very doable any anybody can do it um i've actually heard um from some coaches that the, these they're telling me like hey you know what i actually got better grades in college than i did in high school because you have your study tables you know you as, as, as a program, we're going to, we, we have to have a study table where they have to come in and put, I think it's like four hours a week. You have to show up, you have to do your, your work. I mean, you have to, you know, the help is there. We have tutors and whatnot. Um, so it's not hard. 
I feel like anyone who who loves the sport and wants to be part of that team is going to put that at work in the classroom to make yourself eligible and continue on, you know, because it's it's a privilege to play. So. Can you talk a little bit about you already talked about your student athlete experience, but why did you decide to play at a community college level? Sure. Um, again, it was one of those things where I knew that I wanted to go to a four-year school, you know, and I have an older brother who, you know, he also played uh, soccer. He actually played soccer at Central College. He played at Scott and then he, he transferred on to Central College and played at Central College. And it was just more of getting the advice from him. You know, he was like, hey, man, look, you do your two years of, of community college, you play soccer here, you get your associates and you move on. And that's exactly the way that I wanted to go. So um, again, just, just having that, that role model in your life, that's, that's kind of where I took it from. Um, but in the long run, it benefited me. I mean, I, you know, you go to your two-year school and obviously it's a lot cheaper uh, tuition-wise. Um, I received some scholarship and that, that, that helped me out. Um, but again, you're knocking out all the, all the, uh, the gen eds that you don't have to pay you know, a lot more at a, at a four-year school. Um, so no, yeah, even I tell some of these kids I talk to, I'm like, Hey, look, if you decide to come play for me, that's cool. You know, I, I'd love to have you on, but the best advice I can give you is go to a two-year school first, get your two years of college in, knock out all those gen eds, because in the long run, you're going to be paying a lot less for school. And trust me, it's, it, it gets expensive. <laughs> I think of a lot of players, at least my age, I know they don't understand that the different levels doesn't necessarily mean different levels of talent. What, right. How would you encourage players to look into all of their options? Sure. No. And, and uh, you know, again, talking to Dan Rother, you know, he, he'll tell you he's been in the game so long that he pretty much knows all the ins and outs. Um, but you have to explore all your options. And, and to me, as a coach, communication is key. You know, I, I find it. I've actually been in a situation where I was reaching out to, to a, a player and I was like, I, I emailed him. He didn't respond back to me. And funny story, I just talked to his high school coach yesterday and he's like, oh no, you know, he's, he's not getting any other calls from any other schools. And, you know, he talked to me about possibly going to Blackhawk and I said, oh, that's fine. I just, I've never heard from him. So communication is very important, but I feel like as a player and anyone can vouch to this at, at my age, Anyone can think, anyone thinks they can go to a D1 school and play. A anyone can think they can go professional and play. I mean, that's just, that's the mentality. I mean, you have to obviously, you know, sell yourself as a, as a high wanted or impact player. Um, but no, you have to explore all the options. I mean, all, Juco, you know, D1, D2, and D3. I mean, it's, there's going to be a spot for you somewhere, whether it's at the high level or at the community college level. Um, you can't just close the doors on someone and expect, you know, oh yeah, you know, I went to a showcase in Des Moines and Drake was there. I'm going to get a call from Drake, you know, when I can go play at Blackhawk who already contacted me, but I won't email them back. And then you don't hear back from Drake. And then here you are uh, getting a hold of me, you know, four months later that you ignored my email. So definitely have to explore every, every avenue that's available. If a player wants to communicate to a coach or wants to send an email back, what should they say and how should they format the email to interest you the most? Sure. I mean, it's one of those things where, again, communication is key. You know, as a coach, um, I, don't I, don't, I don't close the doors on anybody. Uh, the opportunity is there for you. Like I said, 
what whatever level you want to play at is one thing, but there's always going to be an opportunity and a spot for you somewhere. Um, I think what's what's important is to not copy and paste the same email to me that you had to, you know, every other coach, uh, because I get that a lot. And uh, just, you know, present yourself, <clears throat> pretty much sell yourself. Like if you're trying to sell something to someone, you know, if you're trying to sell a car to, to a certain person, you know, sell yourself, what are your attributes, you know, obviously show, you know, what your, um, what your achievements have been, how you're doing in the classroom as far as GPA, uh, what you want to go to school for. For example, if, if I wanted to go to this university and I wanted to be a police officer, but that school doesn't offer that. I mean, what are the chances that, you know, that, how do I explain to you? Like, they're almost just kind of sending that email out to anybody and whoever to see who they, they can pretty much hit. And, um, no, yeah, I mean, it's pretty much just present yourself and, and be more pro be professional, um, you know, and again, communication is very important. So the main reason I, of course, wanted to have you on was to talk about this new program. Why did you decide to start it up? Sure. So um, how it all started out is actually, I, you know, we we got going with the, with the athletic director and he's who reached out to me and, and kind of, you know, explained to me what was going on. And I, I was interested for the most part, you know, I was like, Hey, you know what? I was like, well, I, I coach at the high school level. I coach at Avonport West, excuse me. And I was like, um, yeah, you know, I'd be interested in hearing what, what you had to offer um, and what, what's, uh, what you guys have planned for the program. And I mean, it was an instant sell for me. You know, the fact that I live in town uh, that I've been here, I don't even know what, seven or eight years on this side of the river in Illinois and know the talent we have in the Quad Cities, not just the Illinois side, the Iowa side. Um, and I mean, there is a community college on the Iowa side and they, you know, they get a lot of the players from, from the Illinois side. And I was like, you know what? I was like, I'm your guy. I, I know what you need to bring in all these players in here and have a very competitive program. Um, I mean, just to name a few schools on the Illinois side, UT, most of my guys are from UT right now. And the talent is just top notch. I mean, Moline and Rocky as well. I was just at Rocky last night and I, I texted coach earlier. I was like, man, I was like, I'm impressed. I was like, I, there was not one guy that did not catch my eye at your program. And a lot of his, a lot of his kids are um, sophomores and juniors and a couple of freshmen here and there. But um, no, like I said, it was, I, I knew it was my job. I knew that I had to put in all the effort to possibly get this position and, you know, it all paid off. And again, I, I've dedicated my pretty much my whole life to it right now because I'm, I'm all over the place uh, trying to get these kids to come in here and the opportunities there, you know, um, it's going to be, we're going to be a competitive team. And, and so far we're, we're shaping up to be mostly local kids, a couple kids from the St. Louis area, a couple international guys as well, but no, we, we have, we're going to have a lot to give and we're definitely going to be up there competing with some of the top schools in their conference. What advice would you give to another coach starting up a brand new program, either at a collegiate level or even, even just a youth level? Sure. Well, I'll tell you what, my job right now has been about 10 times harder than what it should have been because of COVID and because all the seasons got delayed. I was looking forward to uh, the fall season on the Illinois side. And obviously that got moved to the spring. Um, but I would say the best advice I can give to a coach who's starting up a program is do not overlook the local talent. I mean, it's 
it's crazy how much talent we have here locally. Um, and again, you know, the Quad Cities isn't the biggest area compared to the Chicago suburbs. Um, but yeah, do not look the the local talent is is what's going to make your programs every year. You know, um, again, recruiting from the outside is is perfectly fine. Um, I just feel like you get more of the hometown value and the hometown pride from these kids that are you know already attending your school and that who weren't planning to come here but knew of the school and now they're going to be part of the program and they're willing to you know put it on the line for to represent their hometown. I was just going to ask you a little bit about the COVID season. What were some of the things that just made it hard to get this started? Sure. Um, I mean, so the hardest part I would say is the fact that at one point we couldn't bring any kids on campus. Um, and, and it's, it was one of those things where, you know, the social distance guidelines and the fact that a lot of the, the club programs in the summer um, were either rescheduled or weren't playing. Uh, the fact that the on the Illinois side that I was looking forward to uh, moved to the spring. So that kind of put me back some time on, on recruiting and the uh, at the time minimal showcases. I mean, it, when COVID first started, there was either no showcases or it was very, very limited on who was there. Um, and obviously we had ours or we teamed up with Dan uh, December to host some and or sorry, host a showcase and I mean, it worked out awesome because I was able to pick up, I, I think, four kids from that that showcase. Um, so, yeah, just the fact that there's really nothing going on um, and there's a brand new program wanting to fill up with kids and, and there's no showcases, there's no games, there's nothing going on. I mean, it's I'm basing my info at one point from, you know, either highlight videos from last year or word of mouth from the coaches. Um, and I think one of the key elements to my recruiting has been all the local coaches. I'm talking any coach in, on the Iowa side, any coach on the Illinois side, they're very responsive. They're very helpful. They're very uh, supportive when it comes to a new program. And, and I appreciate all that because they were messaging me, texting me, emailing me saying, Hey, you got to check this kid out or, Hey, I got a guy that's ready to go. Um, he's already attending Blackhawk and he wants to play. Here's his info. And that was, I mean, that, I think that was the most important uh, element to my recruiting and, and getting the program going with the kids we have now. What's the best way players can be seen by coaches during this time? Um, I mean, you can go as, as something as like a highlight video from last year, uh, a showcase. Uh, again, we hosted the one in December, which was awesome. Um, it wasn't, I mean, it was priced very reasonable. I think there was over 50 some coaches there over 200 plus kids. Um, I mean, uh, I, I would say that's that's kind of the only uh, way to see anyone play at the moment, unfortunately. Now that we're starting to get, you know, the the regulations are starting to loosen up a little more where there's high school open gyms, which I've been at every single one here in the Quad Cities. Um, I'm trying to think what else. Uh, like last night was a couple for, or it was the first couple of nights that they practiced outside. Coach Rudy's like, hey, we're going to be outside. I'm like, I'm there. I will. I don't care if it's cold. I want to see these kids play, and I actually want to be able to see them play outside on an actual field instead of a basketball gym. Um, so yeah, I would say just the showcases. Unfortunately, which um, I mean, at the time when everything was going on, high school seasons. I didn't have a, a high school season last year at, at West. Um, the Illinois, uh, the Illinois schools canceled their fall season and moved to spring, so there wasn't much going on. 
With this program in the future, how are you hoping to help players either to transfer to a new program to play for a few more years or to continue on to coach or stay in the game somehow? Sure. Yeah, no, um, I mean, I have some friends that coach at the, at the collegiate level as well. Um, I have some friends in Missouri, some friends in Michigan, and um, a couple of guys on the, on the Illinois side and Iowa side. So just having those connections to, to four-year schools and building that relationship with them, I mean, it is key because, um, you know, a lot of the guys that, that want to play at the two-year school will want to go on and uh, get their four-year degree and, and, and keep playing at the, at the higher level. So uh, just making and networking, you know, the, nowadays there's so many apps and so many uh, websites where you can uh, connect with coaches all through the country and they're willing to uh, give you any player information to transfer them over or even uh, put in those two words or those two sentences to, to get you to send kids their way. I got an email from, I can't remember the school, it was a school in Texas that was like, hey, coach, we saw you're a new program. Um, I'd like to hop on a call with you to get more information from you and possibly build some kind of relationship where you can transfer kids down here after they're, they're two years with you. So, um, no, the coaching community is awesome. I mean, it's, again, it's all about who you know and, and building those relationships and networking more than anything else. And I think oftentimes players my age don't realize how much coaches do talk and how much they are connected and how great this soccer community is. Yeah, no, it, it's one of those things where, again, I, I either know them because I played with them or I played with them against them, played with them in college. Word of mouth. Uh, I mean, we talk, we, we get that feedback, especially in high school. In high school, you know, uh, we all play in the same conference, for example, here in the Quad Cities. Uh, I'm in contact with um, a lot of the coaches on the Iowa side, uh, for example, like uh, Coach Gamble at Danport North High School. And, you know, we, we have conversations about kids. And now that I've taken this position, um, we've talked even more. He's like, hey, I, I might have some kids that are interested in playing for you. Um, you know, can you send me some info or can I send them your way? So, no, yeah, definitely we have our conversations, whether it's, just evaluating players or just kind of give bouncing out each bouncing ideas off each other, giving feedback. The conversation is definitely there. With your high school team, are you hoping to still coach the high school team and Blackhawk men's soccer? Yeah. So I'll be there this year in the spring. Um, I'm hoping to, to also be there next year. Um, it's hard balancing, you know, at the high school, my full-time job at Blackhawk, my family, my kids and you know everything else so I so far it's working out pretty good um actually I, I'd say it's working out really good but yeah no I, I definitely plan on staying at West for a while just because um in a way that that also benefits my program at Blackhawk uh, I'm seeing these kids and working on these kids developing them to possibly have them come play for me and once they graduate with that balance, how are you balancing now with your kids and your family and just Blackhawk? Um, it's, you know, when I say it was pretty good, it's pretty good, but it's, it's not easy. It's, it's tough because, you know, my daughter's five and she enjoys playing soccer as well. She, we did Y soccer last year. We'll do a little bit of, of rec travel this year and um, it'll be in, <clears throat> mainly in the summer. Um, but I try to be as part of as their, their life as, as much as possible. Um, my little one, who's will be three, I would assume he likes to he'll eventually want to play because he's all over the house with, with one of my soccer balls. But 
Um, it's not easy, but I, I would say and fall back on the fact that my wife's 100% supportive on what I do, which is, you know, awesome. And, and the fact that she knows that I love the sport and that I enjoy coaching and passing it on to other kids. I mean, it's, you know, it, that's awesome. So having, having that support from her is very appreciated and I hope it lasts for a long time because I'll be in this for a while. <laughs> Before Blackhawk, you spent most of your time with high schoolers. Why did you decide you wanted to coach high school? At one point, I'm like, oh, you know what? Coaching these high school kids will be easier because they know what they're doing and they're mature and they are, you know, they're, they're shaped to be more easy to, to coach. But, and that's definitely not the fact, you know. Um, we have some kids that, that have never played that are athletic who played basketball, football. Um, so just being part of, of their development and being able to help them is what interested me um, in becoming a high school coach. And it all just started because one of my friends who I used to coach with that assumption, um, he was like, hey man, uh, we played together on a Sunday league team. He's like, dude, you, you know, you play keeper. We need a keeper coach. Are you interested? I'm like, Eh, you know, I enjoy my free time. And at the time I wasn't married, didn't have kids. So I was, you know, working and whatnot. I'm like, I was like, maybe I'll let you know, you know, and he's like, well, he goes, well, if you're interested, we, we can help you. We'll pay for your uh, certification. And I'm like, all right, yeah, that doesn't sound too bad. And I always knew that Assumption was a great soccer school and, and, you know, a lot of good players came out of there. So I'm like, you know what? I was like, I was like, maybe I'll give it a go. I'll, I'll try it out. And I was there for six years after that. And I built a, a great relationship with, with uh, the Zellers, which is Sam and Greg Zeller. Um, and I mean, I, I had to give them a shout out because they're the ones that got me involved in, in, in the high school side of things. And, you know, it, it took off from there. Um, I, took a, I took some time off as well, but between West and Assumption, my daughter was born. I'm like, you know what? I was like, I'm, I'm done with this. I, I enjoyed it. It was a good run. But now I have a kid, I should probably focus on, you know, being home more and, and, um, you know, helping her eventually love the sport as much as I do. Uh, and then I got a phone call from one of my old coaches at Scott. He was the athletic director at Denver West. He's like, hey, he goes, are you interested in coaching? And I said, you know what, man, I was like, I'm done. You know, it, it's one of those things where I'm, I had already been off for, I think, maybe a year. So the laziness definitely kicked in. The easy way of life kicked in. Um, just, you know, hanging out at home with my kid and my wife. And I'm like, you know, I'm not interested. So he goes, well, can I, you know, can you at least think about it? He goes, I need some help. Um, we just lost our assistant coach and we got a great program going on. We could use some, some knowledge. So finally I talked to my wife and she's like, look, if, if that's something you, you want to do, I, I can hold the house down while you're gone. Um, and I'm like, you know what? I was like, let's go, let's give it a go. I'll try it. I, I'll get back into it. And after that, I mean, I just... I felt back in love with it hundred um, percent. I love the kids at West. I mean, they're, you know, they're, they're the type of kids that just buy into you and, and pretty much are coachable kids. Not that the assumption kids weren't. Um, it was just more of, you know, I think it was more of just taking that time off to clear my head a little bit and not get burnt out from, from coaching. So yeah, after West, it just took off and I've been there since and, I love every minute of it. I mean, it's it's one of those things where I run the program how I want to run it. They uh, they respect my my thoughts and opinions, and it works out well. And now I'm at Blackhawk, and 
I get the same respect. And again, I, I'm just, I'm just in love with it at the moment. So I see myself doing this for a very long time. Uh, once I can't play it full time or can't play it at all, I'll, I'll still be somehow involved with the sport for sure. With this coming high school season in the spring, I know my high school is going to struggle a little bit with two sets of freshmen. How are you hoping to manage that with not getting a high school season last year? You know, and, and that's a great question because um, unfortunately I'm seeing the struggle right now um, at open gyms. You know, it, it's one of those things where I, you just have to respect the, the opinion that some parents want to you know, keep their kids at home. And I, I completely understand that because, again, I have kids of my own. Um, but it was going to be hard. The year previous to, to COVID, I graduated 15 seniors and seven of them were my starters. So it was going to be pretty much a, um, you know, starting up from scratch with, with three key players. And, you know, it, it's, I can definitely see that it's different this year. Uh, my numbers are not what they usually are. I usually have about anywhere from 35 to 40 kids come into open gyms. Um, I'm at about 20, anywhere from 20 to 24 kids. Um, so I'm hoping those numbers get better. Um, but our schedule's is ready to go. I mean, I have everything ready to kick off. I'm just hoping that once the first day of season comes and we're practicing, hopefully outside, if the snow melts, um, I can get those numbers back up and, and get going because we, we wasted a lot of time with, with, you know, um, not having enough numbers in, at open gym, I guess. Throughout our conversation today, you've talked about being a goalkeeper coach and a head coach. Is there one you prefer more than the other? <laughs> you know, there's really not. Um, I, I enjoy both. And honestly, as a head coach, I still do both. Um, I'll run my sessions and, you know, talk to my assistant and kind of let them know what I expect. And I go on the other side of the field and I take my keepers and I run them through drills. You know, that's, that's what I was, you know, I would say I was born to do, you know, there's be a goalkeeper. And um, no, I, I, I try to balance both, but the times that I've, I've, the times that I've sent my assistant coach to do the keeper drills, I'm just looking back and I'm like, man, I was like, you know, I want to go do that instead of doing this. So um, I try to balance both out, but my passion is goalkeeping. And, you know, I, I can take pride and say that I've, I've developed a lot of football players into, into goalkeepers and we've had a great turnout, even at, even at assumption, you know, when I was there, we, we had one goalkeeper who I worked with who was an actual goalkeeper. And then he graduated and then we had football players and basketball players and uh, we were actually able to pick and choose who we wanted to do and I was able to shape them up and yeah I can sit here and ramble to you about how much I love goalkeeping but my passion is is just coaching any position that I you know and, and goalkeeping will always be there for me so. With a high school or maybe like a club coach that doesn't have a goalkeeper, how can they shape someone into a goalkeeper or encourage them to try out the position? Um, I mean, it, I was fortunate enough to have football players who were good with their hands, a couple wide receivers that did very well. Uh, at West, I had a keeper who was a, I can't remember what he played. I think he was like a middle linebacker kid was in shape, you know, he, he loved soccer, but couldn't put it, we couldn't put him in a, in a good position where he'd fit. So we tried him on goal and he actually came out to be, I think he was like an honorable mention for, for state player, something along those lines, like an all conference 
Um, I would say just, you know, definitely developing, if you can find a kid that at least has good hand skills or uh, good uh, feet movement, I mean, it, it's, I shouldn't say, excuse me, it's easy, but it's definitely doable. Um, and now with social media and, and, and anything YouTube, I mean, you can hop on YouTube and search goalkeeper drills. I'm sure you can probably search how to turn someone who doesn't know how to play into a goalkeeper and you'll find all sorts of results, but um, no, it's definitely doable. It just, it, def it takes, it takes time and knowing what you want to develop and uh, what skill you want them to develop for sure. Earlier, we talked a little bit about how important it is that goalkeepers are brave. Can we teach goalkeepers and just field players to be brave in a way? Yeah, no, you know, what's funny is, so I refer to a lot of, of football players to being uh, great goalkeepers. I actually had a couple guys that were, they were wrestlers and they were just feisty guys, you know, they don't, they're not afraid to get in and, and, and get dirty. So, um, no, I, I think you can definitely teach it to someone who's never done it, but it, it certainly takes a certain special person to, to be in that position and, and shape up to be, um, you know, an elite keeper who's not afraid to, again, get hurt because you can ask any goalkeeper sometime in their life, they've, they've got some kind of injury <clears throat> putting their body on the line. And I guess you could say take one for the team. I can say I've gotten one too many concussions, but yeah. some of them aren't from goalkeeping, but just me not standing in the right place at the right time. Yeah. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I've hit the post with my head. Um, <clears throat> the biggest, I guess you should say the biggest injury, the kind of the, one of the injuries that set me off the field for a while was a torn meniscus on a, it was a corner kick. The ball was coming in. I ran out, jumped up, they grabbed it. When I came down, I stepped on the other guy's foot on the other team and my knee just buckled and swelled up really bad. And that was kind of the biggest one I've had. But I've every 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 bone in my body, I'm sure, has been bruised at one point. So it's a good time. When you're younger, it's a good time. But now that we had a we, we play rec league, a 30 and over league, and they're like, hey, you know, you play keeper, you're getting goal. I'm like, man, I'm, I'm way too old to be diving around. I got to work tomorrow. I got to roll out of bed. <laughs> what was that process overcoming from the torn meniscus? Um, so it was, it wasn't terrible. It was about the way it worked out. Again, it was on a, it was on a, a Sunday league that I played on um, the summer before I had to get ready for football camp at Ambrose. So it just happened that I heard it. And um, I got it, I, I believe they mentioned they cleaned it up is what they called it. Um, it was torn, but it, it, didn't, it didn't tear all the way off. It was a slight tear. Um, so no, I mean, I think I was off the fields for about six weeks on a, um, what do they call it? Like a foam casket or a foam cast or whatever. Um, I mean, it wasn't fun at all. It was painful. Uh, prior to actually going in for surgery, uh, it was weird because I, I would go like two weeks without moving it and I, I would take the foam cast off and I'd be fine. I'd walk on it and I can jog and run on it, but it would swell right up, um, which is where I, I went back and they <clears throat> looked at it again and they, I guess, reattached it. It was, it was more, I think I must've heard it again while I was on, on the cast, but um, no, I haven't had any issues with it. Again, I still play on Tuesday nights 
uh, at TBK at, at, on the 30 and over league and no issues whatsoever. So I'd say I, I was pretty safe to not have anything more uh, severe happen in, in my soccer career. When players are recovering from an injury, how do you encourage them not to push it too far and to take the recovery seriously? Yeah, no, definitely recovery serious. And, you know, the good part about uh, coaching at all these schools is you meet some great athletic trainers. Um, I actually became good friends with one at, uh, at Assumption. And, you know, you learn so much from them. You know, as a coach, yes, you understand that, you know, recovery is key and taking it easy and icing it and whatnot. But, I mean, it's one of the things you have to encourage them. You know, you're still young. You, it, you know, it, your body is quicker to heal when you're younger than you're older, obviously. So just taking it easy and, and more than anything, just being patient. And that's one thing that high school kids don't have. You know, you can tell them <clears throat> you're going to sit out for at least two games. Oh, no, no, coach, I'm ready. I'm ready to go. I'm like, dude, I'm looking at your ankle. It's still swollen. You're not okay. Oh, no, coach, but I can move it. I'm good to go. I'm jogging on it. There's just, I think patience is more key to anything else when it comes to recovering from injuries because it can be a week or it can be a year. So it just depends. I think we've wrapped it up to our final question, which I ask every guest. What do you hope people remember about your impact to soccer and the world? Um, I would say just more of the love for the sport. Um, it was just kind of random how I happened to, to, you know, fall in love with it by being picked up at a park from just a random coach who needed players on their team. And, you know, the fact that as, as a coach, I, I have a family and I have, you know, things going on in my life and that I would hope that my players appreciate the time that I put in with them and take lessons that I've, you know, shared and passed on to them that I've taken from previous coaches and players and uh, staff I've been around. Uh, but more than anything, just, you know, loving the game. You got to you got to love this game or anything else, because, again, I see it as uh, I've, I've given so much into it that I'm giving I'm getting back, you know, as a as a coach, you know, yes, this is a job. And yes, I am getting paid for paid for it. But I put in all the work and effort and passing these lessons on to kids that honestly, I would do this for free. I, I you know, it's you fall in love with something and you hope to, to pass that love on to someone else. And I hope I try to keep my kids around uh, my coaching situations, for example, games and practices um, to where I, I hope to pass that along to them. Not so much push it onto them, but see the fact that, oh, you know, my dad loves what he does and it's, it's not a job, you know, it's, 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 he's a coach, he's teaching lessons. And the fact that they see that, I hope that they, they're able to pick that up and, and run with it for the future. Thank you so much for joining me today. Yeah, thank you for having me. I appreciate it and wish the best of luck. Like I said, this is awesome. I'm glad that you're you're taking the time and, and putting some effort into sharing and spreading the, the word about the, the lovely game. And then, you know, hope for the best and anything I can do to help you out, let me know. And tell your dad I said hi. <laughs> yeah, of course. Thank you so much. Thank you. Starting up a program in COVID years has to be difficult. I really enjoyed talking about how a player can get recruited during times when they aren't playing by having a social media presence or creating highlights. There's so many different ways and we're coming towards the end of days with no more playing, but it's still important to use those resources. I also enjoyed learning about 
if he would prefer coaching goalkeepers or field players. I know for myself, that's going to be something I will struggle with when I get more and more into my coaching. I love to coach goalkeepers, and I am a goalkeeper myself, but I also love to coach field players. And it's all about finding that balance and figuring out what I want to do and creating a schedule. I hope you enjoyed the episode, and until next time, remember to keep the game beautiful.